This is To The Point. A Rhino experience. Voted one of the top home services marketing and operations podcasts. Cutting through the bullshit and getting to the point. Hey, what's up to The Point listeners? It is your boy, Chris, host of Home Services to the point home services podcast. <laughs> Jesus, I almost forgot the name of my own podcast. It's be I'm not even to blame here. It's because free podcasts, I'd listen to these two knuckleheads talking about all their stories and pro I love it. So I thought, you know what, let's just cut that and go ahead and make it live. I'm excited today because I have a guest co-host with me. And he has been on the podcast before you heard him recently. And it's Mr. Keith Mercurio. Keith Welcome as my co-host, bro. This is going to be one for the books. I'm certain of it. What an honor. Thank you for inviting me uh, as your co-host for this particular podcast. It's a very special one. It's a very important one. Are you going to be judging my body language and my facial expressions throughout this entire podcast? Yes or no? Uh, well, I will naturally be observing them, uh, but no no judgment, Chris, just observations. That's a very Keith Mercurio answer. <laughs> there. <laughs> That's about it. Well, this is going to be fun. I'm excited because our guest is one of your buddies. You guys are pretty tight. I got to hear some great stories. I got to see a fantastic picture of you guys out hunting. It's weird. Usually, you know, my friends, when we go hunting, we wear clothes. You guys don't. That's, you know, you're a prerogative, but whatever. Um, so... <laughs> But camouflage, yeah, whatever. Hey, oh, that's what it was. I couldn't see where you. we, yeah. Well, we, this is about tapping into our, uh, you know, I mean, like our native tendencies. And so, this is, this is about getting back to nature. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, your animals, like, right? I get it. So, uh, animals hunting animals. Well, so, I want to go ahead and do a quick introduction of our guest, Bobby Hamilton. Bobby, hey, welcome out of the show for the first time. Bobby's the third generation plumber, man. Lucky you out of Kansas City. Now, listen, you're actually. This whole Kansas City conversation, Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas. So you guys are actually, or Bobby, uh, Bob Hamilton was is in Overland Park, right? So it's on you're on the right. it's on the Kansas the Kansas side. Yeah. But, but are you from the Missouri side? No, I'm from Overland Park. You're from Overland um, Park. Okay, cool. Yeah. Got it. So okay. It's all yeah. It's all just Kansas City to everyone around. But the like the thing about Kansas City is that the everything fun happens on the Missouri side. Like that's where the Chiefs, Royals, all the downtown, all of the fun entertainment areas are. But most people live on the Kansas side or up north. But um, anyway, it's I love all of the entire metro. It's fantastic. Even some of the areas that people don't love as much. I I got to go be a plumber in all of those different areas and have a lot of respect for people dog on Independence or Olathe or whatever. I'm like, no, those are all great spots. I often refer to Kansas city as the epicenter of intelligence and achievement in the Western world, well, <laughs> uh, because it is my, my favorite place on the planet. So, and I, I'm just here dragging it down. Well, hang on a second. What I heard was you are, you are the pride of rockers high school, the Hawk, go Hawklets. Hawklets. What the hell is yep. that? Uh, that's the mascot, a Hawklet. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, the college is the Hawks, and uh, so we were the Hawklets. Rock Chalk but, Jayhawk. I mean, the only, only thing I have to say on that is just a uh, banner on the wall. Uh, <laughs> more state titles than any other school in Missouri, oh. but whatever. <laughs> but he was counting. Yep. Hey, by the way, uh, I don't know if you if you know Solace or not, too, but uh, I would be remiss um, if I don't bring up the, uh, since you were also a Jayhawk, correct? Yep. Um, how'd that Kansas City game 
where the Kansas State and Kansas game go. The what? What? Hold on. I'm a Purdue Boilermaker, so I'm just curious because we're in third, but you're Kansas in second. Zero. Think it's going to shift there since you guys just lost to 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 Kansas State. I'm just curious now how you feel about that. Share your feelings with us. So, so anyway, um, when 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 are you going to talk, Keith? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me. You know what? There's a, a few things that I'd like to chime in on and correct. Frankly, there's already been egregious errors at the beginning of the show. So, <laughs> he's not just a buddy of mine. He's my favorite person in the world. <laughs> Secondly, in my experience, having visited Kansas City, Missouri, and Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, considering that Bobby lives in Kansas City, Kansas, I would say that is the funnest part of the Kansas City contingency because that's where I've had my best times. <laughs> and as far as it relates, if Kansas City is the epicenter of intelligence and achievement, uh, Purdue is the epicenter of absolute Easy. athletic boredom. Easy. Athletic boredom. Yeah. The, the, the only color that is actually onomatopoeic I mean, like that <laughs> mustard drab yellow is it's somehow perfectly emblematic of the personality of Purdue Athletics. It's gold, okay? Black and gold. Damn it. <clears throat> and but and listen, I don't hey, I want you guys to bleep that part out, okay? Actually, as a matter of fact, just bleep, turn his microphone off completely. Hey, I got I gotta say this. Hang on, hang on. I gotta say this because it, whenever I was doing a little bit of, of uh research. I love when I'm surprised, you know, when I'm doing research on any of the guests and I typically did try to dig as deep as I possibly can to find anything that, that might not be out there or be aware. Good stuff. Then this is for sure out there, but I want to commend you, Bobby. I want to commend you on your LinkedIn profile for a iconic quote from my childhood that you put as your LinkedIn headline. Be excellent Mission. to each other. Ooh. Ooh. This is my entire life. Party on, dudes! <laughs> you yep. quoted Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. So much respect for you. Well done. Party on, dudes. <laughs> God, so it's, good. Seriously, like, this is the story. Okay, this is, I'll, I'll start here. The... <laughs> Also, Jayhawks don't start counting wins and losses until March. Um, oh, God, the, all right. So trying to figure it all out. Like, I don't know. What does it all mean? What's the meaning of life? Blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to have to, like, go to Nepal and find a, like, a guru. Or, you know, like, met, do mescaline in the desert or something. And <laughs> I woke up. And uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure was on. I was a good college age. I wasn't. I was enrolled in college, but I wasn't going to college. And uh, I realized that, that that was it. Like that was the whole entire key to life was all right there. In what else do we need to do? Like I don't know if we're here on purpose or by accident, but whatever we're we're here. Like I feel like we're supposed to enjoy the time that we have. So be excellent to everyone else. Right. Party on dudes. I've screwed up this whole entire conversation, but party on dudes is pretty darn important and make sure that everybody else is having as much fun. I like that's it. like my whole entire life is have as much fun as we possibly can get as much as we can out of the time that we have here and help everybody else do the same thing. That was a solid way to tie it back together. So, you, you rebounded. Yeah. And, and, and Chris this is why it well, was important to me. If, if given the chance to be on this podcast, because one of the things that I think 
you know, that as I've observed, I mean, I've been friends with Bobby for 12, is it 12 years, 13 years now? How far back are we going? Oh, wait. We met at Super Meeting in Seattle. Yeah. And we were both next door members. And one of the things that I've observed over his lifetime is that um, what comes so easily to him and feels like a philosophy that's almost, you know, uh, maybe lighthearted, uh, you know, just be excellent party on dudes like and, and you, you know, you have the chance. And sometimes I think people observing casually from the outside might, you know, see this as like, you know, playful or a little bit of, uh, you know, like a lighter weight is to not underestimate the extraordinary impact that his ongoing desire to bring fun and joy and love into people's lives has created for them and for others. And, and, you know, that's why, like, that's, that's why it was important to me because I I almost, it's like, I love the opportunity having worked alongside this guy and known him for as long as I have to, I mean, nobody enjoys making fun of him more than I do, but I also uh, have so much respect for what he makes look so easy and how much we need it in the world and in life and especially in work life to have somebody that brings his optimism and his enthusiasm into, into every space that he enters. And like, that's where this man should not be ever underestimated. I love it. This is a great segue because you know, you, you spent what five plus years of master training for next star. Um, you're kind of on to your next venture with, uh, with copper point. And I want to talk about all those things, but I want to t- try and take yeah. like the, you know, the plan here was, and just for the listeners, typically what I do when I come into these meetings, um, meetings, my goodness, um, when I come into this podcast is I've tried to do plan a path because I need to, I, I have this, I have to deliver the story in a way that I think will be most impactful to you, the listener. And hopefully that there's some education. In it. I literally made the, the, when, when Keith and I were on our last uh, podcast recording together, I said, I'm going to come into this one completely unscripted and just tell the story because it's a great one to tell. And there's lots of peaks and valleys in it. There's been a lot of success. There's stuff you've learned from it. And now you've got your buddy on here too. So at this, I just think it's going to be like where it's going to go is going to be great. And I'm excited to go on the journey with you guys on this podcast. So let's do this if we can. <clears throat> let's not assume anybody knows who you are and um, or has heard of Bob Hamilton Plumbing, Heating, AC, and Reuter. Like let's just assume nobody knows the things. And let's just set up a little bit of the credibility along the way on your story. And then we'll poke holes uh, through it along the way. Does that work? Totally dig it. The, and I mean, I, so I was not nervous at all before uh, we started this. I was unaware that we had a guest host today (laughs) and could not have been more delighted to find out that that was the case. And at the same time, uh, weirdly got awkwardly nervous because I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. I'm racking my brain for stories that we can actually share. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There's a lot of, uh, yeah. Hey, if it makes you feel, if it makes you feel any better, this isn't live. So we can for sure edit it if we need to, but usually these things are better off unedited. Yeah. Yeah, You'll be good. I just, yeah. Well, I'd like to force an inflection point for a jumping off possibility here because it's something I know about Chris and know about Bobby. You know, Chris, I know that as a dad, one of the things that offers you a bit of consternation, which you shared with me before, is that your daughter is in her fifth year of college. Uh, 
And that, you know, as would be the case for a lot of parents can cause concern, like, hey, when are we going to, you know, when are we going to, when are we going to get the jumping off point and figure out where we're going? Um, the man sitting in front of you on the screen right now is evidence that it can take a lot longer than that. And uh, yet success is potentially very much on the horizon. And so, you know, Bobby, if you would, why don't you share a little bit about how this journey started for you uh, as it relates to KU and your experience there. And I would ask for a special note about your uh, living accommodations. (laughs) all right. Uh, I'm going to go back a tiny bit further very, very quickly. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's we already mentioned third generation plumber, which means you grow up in a plumbing shop. And my first paying job was cutting copper for scrap. Did that forever. Rode around, apprenticed all through high school. All my friends are doing like cool summer jobs. They're lifeguarding. They're doing all this other stuff. And I just, I was plumbing and I hated it. I was digging ditches and uh, watching all my friends have fun. I was making good money, but it was all going to college uh, um and but my at that point i i actually kind of got to a point where i did i wanted to go to college to become anything in the world except a plumber i was like almost embarrassed to be a plumber like i would go and change clothes before i visit my friends at their jobs and i parked the truck really far away and walk in so that like i wasn't wearing my plumbing uniform and i walked into the pool to go visit my friends on a break or between calls or something and so that's the whole reason that i went to college in the first place and that and the water ski team was something I was really involved in. We started competitive water skiing when I was a kid. So I was mainly enrolled in college so that I could be on the team. And I would uh, enroll in classes in the fall, ski through the season, and then drop all the classes when you can still get 90% of your money back. Go back for the next few months for the rest of the semester, work, plumbing, evenings, weekends, emergency calls, and uh, some during the week as well. Uh, so then I could pay for the spring semester because that ski season doesn't start until the end of the year. So you couldn't drop at that point. So I, uh, I would really only actually take classes in the spring, but one year I was, uh, about to completely quit and, and fail on the whole thing, but I still had another spring of eligibility. So my ski team friends said, stay for another year and you can live in the basement for free. And I was like, well, that sounds like a pretty good idea. So I went to their basement and it was all stone foundation. And when it would rain, like you could see the like water would like fall, like cascade down like the stone foundation walls. So I built, um, put sandbags all around the outside of it and then hung sheets so that they looked like walls. It just multicolored tie-dye tapestry, Grateful Dead logos, blah, 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 blah. Broke it up into three different rooms. One area was uh, like a little tiki bar. One area was my office. And then one area was my bedroom. I had it all controlled with like Christmas lights on remote timers. But there was these big spider things, like those like spider cricket things. And if you've seen those. And uh, that kind of freaked me out a little bit. So um, I put my my bed inside of a tent in the basement. So I lived in a tent in someone's basement for a year. <laughs> Well, I'm having flashbacks to like those movies where they keep people hostage in the basement. <laughs> that's what it makes me. It, it uh, I, that's what it would have been, but uh, I definitely made it like kind of a destination. Like we would have parties <laughs> and people would like they were dying to come over and see the tent, and everybody that we met was wanted to go see the tent. At one point, we were at a bar, and a girl came up to me and was like, "Are you the guy from the tent?" 
And I was like, yeah. And she goes, I got to see this. And so, so she did. So, and uh, we went back and we had a, we had an after party in the tent. So, well, in the room around the tent, not in the tent. So you pitched a tent uh, and she wanted to see it. Hmm, that weird. That's weird. Dude, well you, done, you, you brought that to a dirtier place than it was intended. Well done, Chris. The yeah. only thing yeah. that Bobby has ever held people hostage to is a party. And that's the, and that's the truth. So if, if they were there, they were having a good time. I can promise you. If you're not having fun, there is no point. Like it's supposed to be enjoyable. That's the whole thing. Bobby, I'm a yellow purist. So I'm right there with you, buddy. And, and for those who don't understand the reference to the yellow purists or whatever we're talking about, this is the color code, which, you know, we were, Bobby and I were introduced to, I believe through next star, I think I'm speaking for you there, but I believe yeah. that's true. And, yeah. and this yeah. is the, the personality profile that we most leaned into at, at next star. And I continue to use, and uh, if you haven't used this yet, it's a magnificent tool for your business, for yourself your relationships colorcode.com is uh, where to go to get that assessment and go go see our boy jeremy daniel he does great work on this stuff but uh yellows are motivated by fun and that's what you hear when you listen to chris and, and bobby speak yep <laughs> well i did had the entire company do it and so it, it was a great tool that we got yeah. to to use and learn from it um and there's lots of different things out there but that's just one that i thought was really good so so let's keep going yeah. down this path okay now we know that you pitched yeah, a tent yeah. in the basement and it was successful and it was fun you've had the same success and fun in business too and so let's keep going down that path and kind of let the listeners know um you know for those who don't know who bob hamilton plumbing heating ac and router is like just explain a little bit of you know the that business in the market, like how you guys compare what yeah. you learn, and like start taking us down that path so that way they can understand like like your right. like your story. Yep, it was well. It's great Keith's here because he's uh, he's a really big part of it. So we uh, I my dad's company was basically just like every other company that started in the eighties. He started because he was a plumber. And then one day he had a job, one day he didn't. My grandpa decided to kind of go to work for somebody else. And it, he was like, you can either come with me or you can go start your own thing. You can do whatever. And uh, he started his own thing. And it was a pretty small shop. It was actually my parents' garage. So the plumbers would come over in the morning and my mom would hand them their their invoices or the calls for the day. And that was always my favorite part of the day. When the guys would come over, there's only two or three plumbers at the time. And... Uh, I would hang out with them. We'd have breakfast and they were cool. They were like my uncles. And then, uh, we were just kind of struggling and struggle. Well, actually I, I never saw any signs of the struggle. I just always assumed that business was great. I didn't, I don't, I did not appreciate at all at that age, the weight that owners carry and how stressful it is to just not know if you're going to make payroll on Friday or not. And it wasn't until I was, um, Sometime we we joined joined Nextar actually because Dad had figured out he had to do something different, and he we went ahead and joined Nextar and I actually got pulled out of my service truck because they needed someone that was actually able to generate revenue, and uh, so they took my truck away, and nepotism being the wonderful thing that it is, I got promoted. So. <laughs> In the same way that I didn't actually finish college after seven years, I 
then <laughs> failed my way into a management position. <laughs> so I kind of failed my way, failed my way, and then like just successfully failed my way to it's very uh, encouraging. everything. It's great. This is great. Yeah. This is a great lesson. <laughs> and just accidentally got promoted. And then I was the manager, but I was not very effective as a manager as came to be known when my dad came into my office and said, Friday's the last day. Uh, we can't make payroll. So we're closing shop. And, uh, I, I, he came in, he, he would go out to his truck every day after lunch and take a little bit of a nap. He came in, he's like, you could tell he's been crying a little bit. And my sister had been working there, like was maybe just coming back. And he called her and got her to come back. We somehow floated. We somehow survived the week. And uh, my sister came back and really quickly realized that this girl actually knew what she was doing. And I had no business running a company like this. And so I went back into the field. She took over. And said, we're just going to do everything exactly the way Nextstar says from now on. Dad, you're the mascot. I'm in charge of everything. Bobby, you're doing sales. I'm running the show. So it was really through Amy's effort that the things really turned around. And when we started to adapt and apply that, not even adapt, when we started to just apply the Nextstar principles without trying to adapt them, that's when things started to go really, really well. And we went from like I think we were doing three and a half million at negative 1% profit. And after a short amount of time, we had the thing clicking at 30 million, 25%. And it was a pretty awesome business. And it was really cool to get to work with my family. I came back into the office after a while. Uh, we actually went to the super meeting in 2008 and that's where I met Keith and he was plumbing for his company in Boston. Still, neither one of us were, um, like necessarily managers at the time. I think you were the the trainer. Is that right? And uh, I met Keith and that was a big moment in my life because even through then I had felt like I had, like I didn't really love the business, but I didn't feel like I had another choice. And I was still embarrassed to be a plumber. And um, it was actually, <laughs> this is, this is one of those stories I was saying is borderline for the show. Um, we went out another meeting, a few months later uh i think we're in philadelphia and we went out to like kind of a nightclub and i'd never seen anything like that like i had only been to like i don't know bars in kansas city i i didn't know they had like nightclub nightclubs uh outside of movies and we're ordering drinks at the bar and two of the most insanely attractive human beings i've ever seen in my entire life came out to us and started talking and of course they're not talking to me they're talking to keith and they <laughs> They were like, they were like, so what do you guys do? And he goes, oh, we're plumbers. And I was like, dude, you can't say that. We got to be fighter pilots or something. <laughs> and like, and he goes, and he looks at me and goes, what are you talking about? Girls love plumbers. And I was like, no, no, they don't. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And uh, it turns out he was right. So uh, that was, I mean, we hung out for a little bit and we, we went separate ways, but uh, that was really like a, a really, really important moment in my life. That was one of the first times that I was like, this is actually something that I should be really proud of. This is an amazing thing. And that's when I started to really get excited about the opportunity. Cause before that I was just like showing up Eeyore on my way through and not trying to work on myself at all, not trying to improve, not trying to uh, not, not helping anybody else. And like the spot that I was in for that period between college and meeting Keith was, I won't say a dark time, but it was one of like the, I, w I just wasn't having as much fun. Um, and 
uh, then I met that and I met Keith and that completely changed my course. And not to mention the value of that exact program. I walked into that, like it was a one hour breakout about sewer sales. And I walked in and I was like, this is going to be so stupid. I already know all of this stuff. I'm like, we're already really good at sewers. I don't need to be here. And I walked out after Jack testified that meeting and I was like, everything in my life is wrong. I have to go back and change everything. And it was like that one weekend completely flipped my direction on its head and uh, came back and started to got into sewer sales, figured it out, developed a system. Then Keith is actually starting to train that as like a three day class. I went to the class. I helped him a little bit with it. And afterwards I was like, this is pretty good, but you're missing some stuff. And he was like, well, okay, fine. Why don't you write it? So I did. And then, um, added that content to the class that they had. And then he's like, well, will you help me train it? So I did. And then it went from doing three trainings a year to six trainings a year to 10 trainings a year. And I got to a spot. I just sucked at both jobs. So I had to kind of pick, what am I going to do? And I, I decided I was going to leave next our training and I was going to stay and just focus on dad's business. And my dad found out that that's what I had been thinking. And he was like, no, that's not okay. Um, you go do that. You love it. I know you love it. You're good at it. Don't stay here because of me. He's like, quit being so safe. This is a, like, you're doing this just because it's the comfortable, safe, easy thing to do. Go do it. Take a chance. You can always come back, but you need to go do the thing you want to do. And that was awesome. And I left and joined Nextstar. Uh, Bob Hamilton kept clicking for another year or two. And then they, they ended up selling um, to somebody else. And uh, through that, it's kind of, I, as soon as that happened, I, I realized that that's just, that's what I wanted to do. I was like, I want to do that. That makes sense to me. Um, I think you could do that in a really cool way that really helps businesses get better, give owners even more options for what they want to do with their businesses. And that's it. So I, I did the next start thing for a while and, but I, I knew it wasn't like my forever job. And then, uh, once, once it came time to wind that down, which coincided with my second baby, like as soon as my wife got pregnant, I knew I had to, I couldn't do the road life anymore. As awesome as that was, I, I needed to, I needed to go ahead and, and take the step and take the chance on the thing I wanted to do. And that's where I am now. So wherever you want to dig into that. SmartAC.com, SmartAC.com. If you haven't heard of it, you better find out. If you haven't implemented it, you better check it out. You have to get started doing something. 2024 is going to be an absolute battlefield. What are you doing differently than your competitors? You need to make sure that your memberships are sticky. SmartAC.com does that. Lifetime warranty, insurance savings, filter discounts, 24-7 monitoring that lets you know about problems before the homeowner might even know about the problem. Live tech chat, service providers, all of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now. Yeah. Can I, may, may, may I, Chris, I, this is, this is also part of why I wanted to be here was to ensure that I could, I've, I've spent years studying this man so that I can fully understand his beautiful ramblings and where he goes. Cause he just covered 20 years. I was going to say, now we'll fill in the gaps. Yeah, so I think just a couple things to, to put because there was like some that was important there was 
um, you know, we were both Nexstar members, as you pointed out, and then there was kind of a, a leap there, a jump to when we were working for Nexstar. So what happens yeah. is, you know, Nexstar, we were we we were member trainers for Nexstar first, and that was the, the so we were still working in our companies, and we were member trainers for Nexstar, and that's where we started to to get you know brought along in in that Nexstar. Um, in that next star uh, path. And then I, I actually went and, and started to, I became a full-time trainer for next star and employee of theirs. And, um, and that's when I started doing sewer sales and was utilizing Bobby's experience and his expertise uh, to help, to help develop that program. Cause he was brilliant at it. And, uh, and then eventually there was a moment in there where as the director of training, I reached out to Bobby and said, you know, Hey, do you ready to make this leap and come work for us full time? And and the reason I want to point this out is because, you know, I think for a lot of people who are potentially listening, like what can't be underestimated here is that Bobby, you know, he spoke to the nepotism piece, but like Bobby is, you know, I mean, Bobby of Bob Hamilton plumbing, this giant, this hero, anybody from the area. I love bringing up Bob Hamilton and they're dear friends of mine because of, of what it means. And I think we should spend a little time talking about your dad in this because yeah. he's, he's just a remarkable figure in this industry and in the world, frankly. Uh, the first Bob Hamilton that I ever loved was, was your dad. And, and so, um, but Bobby had like every security in place to have stayed at Bob Hamilton and had a illustrious career and have inherited all of the, you know, possibility that came with being, Bob's oldest son in this thriving, now thriving business. And he had the courage to make that leap over to Nexstar and become a Nexstar trainer where he wasn't going to have a name to lean into that was going to support him and where he was going to have to make his own way. And I, I think that's a really important part of this journey that deserves to be honored, you know, along the way and kind of stamp out that timeline too. Um, and that's what he then went on to do really successfully for five and a half years and uh, before making the move to, to Copper Point and founding Copper Point. So um, was that in, was 2008 when you started doing the, um, like when you guys started doing the training with Nexstar at first? Is that when that, what, when, what, what time, I'm trying to keep, keep an eye on the timelines here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was about a year, I think probably 2010 was when I, nine, 10 was when I started being a member trainer. I went to work full-time for them in 2011. So I would say that that's pretty accurate. We were just yeah. members who yeah. were there learning what yeah. we could learn uh, through Nexstar at that time. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So I'm going to go, then I'm going to take another step back into the Bob Hamilton days right so so it's bob it's it's bob hamilton plumbing heating air conditioning and rooter so you're talking right. about being a third generation plumber my assumption is right. this is a plumbing company first and then started adding the other services which is a lot of what happens tell me a little bit like what because yeah. i don't know the story there on like how how the decision was made to add the this is something that i even get asked frequently is well, when right. do I know is the right time to add an, an, another service? Um, and I'm like, listen to this episode, listen to that episode. Like I'm not a contractor. Um, I've, yeah. I only know what I know. So kind of maybe help, uh, help me understand that process. Cause I I've heard about the, co I mean, I've heard about the company for, for years. I've been in it for 15 years and the, and it was a, a respectable company. One I never got to work with 
Wish I could have got the work with early on, um, but knew of it. Right. So, so maybe yeah. help understand like in that process of it started as plumbing and, and when was the decision and, and what did you guys do when you started adding in the other services? Uh, well, that's the fun part is that there wasn't a lot of thought into it. I don't think other than it was, we were at a spot and plumbing was clicking along pretty well. We kind of had it figured out. Things were going well around 2000 and it was, well, you have all these customers, you may as well add another trade. And so HVAC was kind of the cool thing to do then. So we did it and we had no idea how to do it. We just hired a guy that was our HVAC guy. And then we started saying, Hey, we do HVAC now. And there was no thought, there was no design to it. And what I've found is that like the, the differences in the businesses, I think come down to the differences in like kind of why people gravitate towards different trades. And the, the plumbers walk into the house and they do their diagnostic and they, they start out like wherever they do and they, they go randomly. HVAC guys, it's pretty A, B, C, D. They follow a pretty like inline system when it comes to diagnostic where plumbers like we're going to start over a G, then we're going to go to Q, then we're going to do some W, a little bit of L and M, and by the time we're done, we'll probably have an alphabet. And the 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 business of running a plumbing company is pretty simple, whereas HVAC is a different model where you have service, sales, install, and it took us years to figure that out. It was actually when my brother-in-law came in. And this is another fun story. I don't know how 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 much into it we need to do, but. He came in and he was able to figure out how to get our HVAC system to actually work after years. And when I started talking about in like 2003-ish, when we were really not doing well and joined Nexstar, um, a lot of it was because we had added HVAC and didn't know what we were doing. Like we had no right to do that without the right coaching or training. So we thought Nexstar would help. We still ignored Nexstar and we still kept trying to run like a plumbing company and it just wasn't working. So um, eventually when my sister came back and her husband, um, they were able to, to get us going on the HVAC side. Can I, can I stop you real uh, quick? Then, Sorry. Can I stop you real quick? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. it was broke. Your si- and you, your sister stepped in and you said it started like, what was the fix? Next star. So you just started and, actually and implementing? Somebody that actually understood the business. It was Amy. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think I can add some color here too, in that like literally it's, it, it took a red. So back to the color code, right? So somebody who's about getting from A to B and creating and delivering results. Cause I, if I'm not mistaken, your dad's a yellow too, right? You know, I've never actually color coded him, but he has to be and with a lot of white. To be. Yeah. Right. So, and, and all I mean to say is, and this is a classic example of like, you know, I mean, it, it, it's like the, the old joke, like, yeah, I joined the gym, you know, a couple months ago, haven't seen any results. I'm going to have to stop by there and figure out what's going on. Like, you know, yeah. that if you, you can join Nexstar and, you know, be present to the meetings and, and yellows, by the way, that love fun, love the social elements of joining best practices groups because they get to drink at the bar. And they're, by the way, they're the first people to tell you that all the real learning happens at the bar. It's not fucking true. The, 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 the learning happens in the incredible classrooms. The relationships happen at the bar. But the but if you don't have a great implementer, as would, you know, from from the premise attraction, like, a, you know, and, and you don't have the person that can run the operational side, like the visionaries fall short. And, you know, Amy and Curtis are who he's referencing. And they, these are people that have a real, I mean, a, not a, not a lot of propensity for fun whatsoever. I'll point out, but a <laughs> tremendous capacity for 
like driving results. And that's why you've got to partner with, and Bobby and Bob both recognize this. You got to put people in their strengths yeah. and not demand to be in control of things when, when that's not the, the ideal space for, for you to thrive. And I think, you know, yeah. Bobby does that really, really well. And he's, I love listening to him give deference to, I mean, that that's not easy you know, think about like stepping, how much ego has to be put aside for a brother to say, it was my sister that was the one that really yeah. drove the success of the business. It was my brother-in-law. And I think that's a, you know, a testament to Bobby's humility in this regard, but also how important it is to put the right people in places of strength. Yeah. I, uh, I think what I hear in there too, is like, um, I, I always try and relate, like figure out how I can relate to that. And in our business, you know, we're not much smaller, uh, than where you guys were at with, uh, with Bob Hamilton. And I'm a visionary. Like I am a, I am a yellow and, um, I I've gotten better at being able to work backwards from the goal and trying to figure out how to do it. But it's because when we started our company, my wife is very much a red blue. And, and so like, we both kind of have that, um, super thoughtful, meaningful, impactful piece behind it all, but she's a driver A to B. And because the two worked so well together, it was able to work. If it was just me, it would have been a hot mess. So what, what I hear you saying is, and what I want our listeners to take away from that is, um, if this happens a lot and you guys still know to this day, Oh, I found a guy who does HVAC. Boom. Now we're in HVAC and you've not thought through all the processes and the things that come along with it. And it ends up putting in the same situation that you were just in. So it can be done, but you got to have somebody who actually, you got to have the processes and the systems in place to actually execute on it in the right way. And this is where Nextstar's come in and helps because they have some of those things that you can act on if you act on what the things that you're taking away from it. So you put your sister in and she's acting and she's also um, accountable and she's trying to get from A to B. So, so the integrator started actually being the fix for this. So that's the story here is, um, this is a very common thing, but you got to have somebody who can actually come in and, and manage it and be the red and do the A to B stuff to, to, for it to be, well, you don't just want to offer the service and it's not profitable. Even if client fulfillment is yeah. fantastic, it's still, it's still a business. Yeah. So, so you put in an integrator and the integrator is able to fix it. Thankfully, yep. I mean, and for you, the integrator was your sister. Yeah. And she's, and that, I mean, and we are, we have a great relationship and then we can have a brother and sister screaming, blow up, exploding at each other fight, like in the middle of the office, which we learn not to do later. Um, and then five minutes later, be like, Hey, where are we going to lunch? And it's, and we get it. Like we're good at compartmentalizing that because it was when, uh, for me, a lot of it was when I start, like I, I, it was immediately kind of threatened by her because she's a performer. She's a driver. She's a, what a business person would really want. And here I am, and I've never really accomplished anything. I don't really deserve any of the things that I have. And a lot of my success has just been kind of on the backs of other people. And I've been able to kind of talk my way and charm my way to, to what I'm doing. But I, and I have a million different ideas and I'm a butterfly and I'm like, well, we should do this. We should do that. We should do this. And now I have 15 projects started and nothing finished. And she was great at getting those things finished. So then I could go have a crazy idea and she'd be like, nope, that one's done. We're not doing that. And then I could have another idea and she'd be like, that's genius. Let's do that. And then she would get it done. And that was the thing that I absolutely needed because I don't have, I, I think Keith's even called me halfway Hamilton at times. Um, and uh, <laughs> the, I have the first 85% of a project, I'm great. It's that last 15%. And it shows up all over my house where like I put in my own like 
I redid the floors, but I didn't get the quarter round back on because I was like, yep, done. Start moving furniture in. I'll come back to that later. And it never gets done. And without having somebody for me anyway, that can get that last 15% executed is, is something that I require. And so I know that's a, that's an efficiency, but it was when I started to actually value the things that I am good at and started to understand. And this is something Keith helped me with a lot is understanding that there are things that I, I am adding value, even though it's maybe not as tangible or as desirable of a, a skill as someone would want to hire out of college. It's uh there's still a lot that I can do. And in that, it, we were able to kind of recognize each other's strengths and, and play them really well. Quick, hey, quick question. Is your sister older, oh, older or younger? Yeah. She's younger. Okay. So this I have, is so uh, important. Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Please. This Bobby. Next part. Yeah. yeah. So I have, yeah. I have six sisters, um, and five brothers and, uh, they i'm i'm the worst of all of them they all get better looking more talented more successful as they get younger um but when it comes to x's and o's execution amy's it do you that's a big family remarkable family chris remarkable so i'm the oldest of 12 yeah yeah i i just want to add too though like Okay, so so the skill set, you know, I, like again, Bobby's humility is such that he'll say, you know, not that tangible or whatever it is. It's remarkable. So, you know, think about like a trainer who gets, you know, if you think about training, you've got a whole bunch of technicians often getting sent to a class where they don't necessarily want to be there. Uh, you know, going to remind them of a, a school setting that maybe they didn't particularly thrive in or, or, or enjoy. B, they're about to be told that maybe the one thing that they found that they're really good at, you know, the trades, they're going to be told that they need to be better at it or they're not as good as they thought. There's a lot of resistance, resentment that comes with it. I mean, we watched this for years over the yeah. thousands of people that we train. Well, like you talk about a skill set that's critical in that moment. How about being likable? You know, I mean, Bobby's ability to immediately win over in the most sincere and genuine way, an audience, an individual, I mean, his charisma, his charm, like he kind of casts it aside, like it's, uh, you know, not a big deal. It's an extraordinary, extraordinary strength of his. And there's, I, I, I told you before, like the most lovable person I've ever met is Bobby Hamilton. I talk about him that way all the time. And, uh, and, and in that putting him in a place of his strengths was two things to me, like as a, a student of leadership and, and how to, you know, really like coach people to their best, let him be in that place of his strengths where he gets to be him, gets to be lovable. He gets to be, gets to be charismatic and then create some comfortable structures and checkpoints for him not ever micromanaging like you can't micromanage a yellow they'll it'll suffocate them they'll lose it but but give some checkpoints and some moments where we can celebrate accomplishments and that you don't give too much leeway along the way where I, you know I, I had my moments where i sent bobby and thad who were both yellows off on a project together that was like a month-long project and found out you know two days before that they still hadn't even begun it because they completely re-engineered and imagined what it was going to be and i was like oh god but if you put those checkpoints in place you get the best of what bobby had to offer which was all of his charm and charisma along with 
a little bit of accountability that created like structure for him and he thrived in it. And, and it was, you can't ask for a better trainer than Bobby Hamilton. He was magnificent at it. And so uh, those don't, don't, don't be undersold on what these strengths and skills look like, especially to those listeners who might be hearing themselves in Bobby's story. It's not, it's, it's, these aren't lightweight skills. These are remarkable talents. Yeah. Thanks for calling that out. Um, I, I, because, you know, whenever Anna and I had these conversations, Anna's my, my wife, Bobby, and she's our COO. I'm the CEO. Um, but because I'm the yellow and she's the red blue, um, she can't do what I do. And even though to me, it's like, it's easy to go and be, you know, an extrovert and like, because it's what I enjoy doing. I enjoy talking to people. I'm not afraid to talk to people and I believe what I believe and I'm a big visionary and I'm not afraid to execute on the vision, but she's the one that is the checks and balances that says yeah. of the 10 things I bring, like we all joke about this. I'll say, Hey, I got some great ideas. I get 10 things. I'm lucky to squeak one through one through yeah. that. She, once she's like picks it apart. And so as frustrating as it is, like probably you experience the same thing where I'm like, no, 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 she just don't get it. I've learned that um, that's what drives the business. She helps us execute on what we finalize that decision is going to be. Something that I thought was really good in your story that you were saying that I want to touch on is when when your dad had come in and said, um, that's it, we're done. Like, we're we're done. Um, and, And then you talked about, like, that was a moment where I'm like, that's probably a no shit moment. Like, Oh my gosh, like this is, you know, and, and you, there, there's gotta be some like disappointment in there. Some like that gut feeling of like, Oh, let down and like all the things. So there's probably a moment in there that actually built some character in you. I'm assuming that built some character in you that, that may be a shift in character. But another thing I want to hit on real quick is when he had told you go and do the next start thing, like that's what you want to do. What yeah. I hear that, what I hear, what I hear in that is, the passion. And that was like a driver for you. Like you were passionate about it. So it's easy. Like when us yellows are all in on something, like we're fucking all in on the things and we want to be great at it. And it's because we genuinely love it. We care about it. We want to be successful with it. We want to win. Um, so it's easy to kind of get behind passionate things because that's when like work doesn't become work. So I heard you kind of slipping into that phase and you found like this passion piece to you. So you kind of went through this little like floating phase and failures and things like that. But some of the, it wasn't all for nothing. You learned from those moments. You found your spot. You went into next star. You found out the, it's okay to be a plumber and like, like that's its whole other, that's a whole other deal. But you started to find your passion. That's exactly right. And I think that's right. So as like, so I mean, didn't have like an ADHD diagnosis until I was in my mid twenties, but clearly something that I've kind of just been able to manage around forever. And uh, I feel like as much as that's a thing, like as a clinical diagnosis or whatever, is that the things that I get excited about, I do really, really well at, but the things that don't hit my radar is like, this isn't exciting. I have a really hard time getting them done. And so I get really excited about the 95% of the floor being done, but I can't get excited about the quarter round. And I, I, so, but my sister can get really excited about P&Ls and uh, on and on and on and all of the other parts of the business that, that, that are required to get it to run, but she can't get excited about hyping up the technicians and getting them ready to go out and perform. And so that's something that I absolutely love is 
getting people to get excited. And like, if, if you can find what people are excited about and you unlock that so that they get to spend most of their time and energy on the thing that they're excited about, then they'll thrive in it. But if my sister was in charge of, of managing the actual technicians, she never would have, it would not have gone well. She did great at it um, for a while, but we realized actually at one point we did like, you know how most companies have the uh, like the lock on the door, like the key key fob that keeps like the technicians from going and bugging the dispatchers. We reversed it. So Amy couldn't talk to the technicians. Um, <laughs> like Amy, you're Wait, back there. Was that, that a next, was that a next go, hour practice? Go look at a spreadsheet, <laughs> go do a spreadsheet, go do a spreadsheet. Like I'm, you tell me what I need to tell them. And then I'll, and then I'll make their sure that everyone's excited about it. So get finding the things that people are excited about and putting them in positions to do that is, is what gets me going. Um, cause I'm not, I'm just not like I, the guys I work with now are amazing at the spreadsheet in the back office part of it. And they're, they're awesome, but they, they can't get excited about going and, um, training and talking to plumbers. And so it just, it makes it work. So now you've shifted into this, like, I think we're like almost an hour into this thing. I think we're about 50 minutes into it, which is flying by. But I want to talk about like this next phase because all of this is kind of a buildup for where you're at right now. And, um, and I want to talk a little bit and I want to get Keith's perspective on imposter syndrome. Um, and if that, you know, because it, it is, uh, obviously like it's, it's a real thing and I think it's actually common. I mean, to me, I sometimes, I, a lot of times I feel that way. Like, so you're now going into this next phase and in the way I view everything in business is, um, and, and right or wrong, just the way that I'm doing it from my perspective is I, as a CEO of Rhino strategic solutions am ultimately responsible for all the things that happen to all of my employees within these walls, right? Like I am responsible for their right. futures, uh, professionally, professionally, but mm -hmm. to me, that's personal, right? Like I take that personally because yeah. I've, I have, my vision has to be big enough for everyone else's vision to fit into it. Right. And there's a lot of people here. I'm okay carrying the weight of that, but there's certainly times when I'm sitting there looking back at it and I'm like, Oh shit. Can I do this? Like, can I really do this? Well, you think about the position that you've now, you've put yourself into You've had like, I mean, whether you had felt it or not, you had to felt it at some point in time. You had to feel the pressure of being a third generation plumber. It's the, the family business. I come from a farming family. Um, the fact that I didn't want to farm, I know it really frustrated my grandpa, but I didn't want to have any part in that, in that stuff. That was nothing I wanted to be a part of. So I felt like maybe I let him down a little bit, right? But you've kind of been through that phase in your family. You've had some failures in the family business and there's like you got through it, you found a passion, you moved on. And now you're kind of going in this next phase where let's face it. Like if you're trying to grow multiple brands, that's a lot of responsibility and you got to be making some really good decisions, but you got to have like really good teammates with you that pick up the slack yep. on where you suck. Right. And yeah. because that's the responsible thing for you to do as a leader is to fill the gap with really great people who excel at the things that you don't. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things I've taken away from being like a, a yellow purist is I have understood that I need to not try and do the things I suck at. Like you and I are cut from the same cloth. 
what you just mentioned about your floors, you got further than I did. I'm at least at the point where I could visualize and be like, that looks really good, but I'm not handy. So I can't do any of this. If I did, it's going to look like shit. I'm going to repay somebody to do it anyway. But if I, if I was handy, I would do the same thing as you. I wouldn't want to put the baseboards back on. I wouldn't want to finish all that shit. Like I would get most of it done, throw some yeah. burnt stuff over and be like, see, this looks really good. We did a good job. I will say this. The only trade I ever really learned was electrical and not great. I just learned the electrical trade, residential electrical. And so when we bought our new house, like eight years ago, we built the pergola out back. I thought, I got this shit. I'm going to do the electrical for it. I did it for about four days, spent about 1800 bucks, putting up some lights, the TV, the, the fireplace. And then I, uh, had somebody come in and rip it all out and completely redo it because I didn't use the right wire <laughs> to, get, to do get the job done. I not only did it, I put it in the wrong conduit. I did all the things wrong. The point was, is like, that's not for me. I know what lane to stay in for me. You're going into this yep. phase where you can impact a lot of lives positively or negatively. Right. So now, yeah. but you're, you're pulling from all that past experience that you've had and you get to apply all that. And what I, what I hear Keith saying about you too, and what I'm kind of learning from you is at your core, sounds like you and your dad both are just really good, genuine dudes who want to do good stuff. You know, and I can get behind that, you know, and, but, but you've heard the term too, yeah. like great players don't make great coaches. You've heard those things before too. Yeah. Like, Maybe you're a great coach and not a great player. Like, you know, like somebody who's right. actually executing on, on the X's and O's. Yep. No, I mean, that's definitely that. that and that was, a, that was a big fear, especially in this. But I mean, the first time that it would, that it really showed up was when I started doing next star training was I was trying to do it like Keith did it. And I, cause he had set the model and he was so great at it. And I was trying to be like a, a, another uh, like a copy of Keith and it wasn't until I realized that if I'm doing it, it it just doesn't work like I'm just not I'm not there we have different things we have different different passions different different things that get us excited and um and so we just have a, a different approach to it so when I stopped trying to be Keith and said this is how I'm going to do it and this is where I'm going to focus and this is the way I'm going to be successful then it was really successful and then moving into copper point I knew that like when it comes to when it comes to the how a business operates. I've been training those, uh, writing and training those practices with my time at Nextart for a long time now. And the, but I knew that I knew nothing about the world of M&A or PE or whatever it is. And, uh, but they'd been recruiting me and kind of talking to me about doing some different things. And, but I, I was really, really scared that I would not be able to do it because I didn't even necessarily understand like the skill sets of what I was looking for. Cause I'm, I'm pretty good at the self-awareness and I know what I'm bad at and I know where I need help. So that's helped me with building teams in every level of business that I've been in is identifying what I need help with and who's really good at that. Um, and finding those people and putting them there. And then when I met, uh, 1248. Sorry. It's a family office. So we're not actually PE. We have a, a totally, well, not that different. Um, but, uh, functionally it's a little bit different family office versus PE thing. That's a story for a whole other time. But, uh, when they, they put me in touch with Wes Brown, who's a CFO of copper point and within five minutes, I was like, yep, that's the guy that I have to have. Uh, he's got it going on. He, he understands his business. He has a PE background. 
knows the goods, good, bad, ugly of that whole business. And I realized that that was the first gap that I had to fill. And teaming up with Wes is the reason that Copper Point is going to be successful. Like you can, Bobby is great at what Bobby does, but you would never sell me your business. You would be stupid. Um, Bobby and Wes, that's a whole nother story. Bobby and Copper Point, like the team that we've built and put together around that is awesome. And actually now my sister is working at Copper Point. So. <laughs> that's cool, man. Yeah. Well, hey, so. you realize how crowded the space is, right? Like it got, it's getting, oh, and it got super crowded right. and you yeah. decided you wanted to step into it and like, and go, go to bat, huh? Like, cause you, did you guys just start doing this? Yeah. What middle of last year? Is that what it was somewhere around there? So yeah, we officially started in, uh, in July, July 1st is like kind of our official first day. Um, and that's when we started, started really moving forward. I'd done a little bit of work, um, before that kind of getting things ready to go, but, um, that was, that was when I really, really kicked it off. Hey, Bobby, can you, though, I think there's a, an opportunity to speak to, you know, I challenged you on this as well when you were considering yeah. or slash and gone down this road and you, you kind of shared the, the, the mentality of the, you know, your backing and the org as it relates to the, the abundance mindset. Would you just kind of allude to that a little bit? Cause I think this is a perfect opportunity to look at like the way that y'all are approaching this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, again, you go back to the way that plumbers and electricians and heating and cooling guys operated throughout the eighties where they were all like pitted against each other. And there was a, the mindset of scarcity that like, we, we don't like, we have to compete for all of these customers. And it wasn't until Frank Lau came around and started then contractors 2000. It's like, guys, we're operating from a place of scarcity. It we're so much better. If we all work together in this, we'll be even more effective. So I, what I think about is the, I go back to the loaves and the fishes story from the Bible, like where however religious you are or aren't, doesn't matter. Um, but the idea that a bunch of people decided to go wander in the desert without enough food, they, they didn't pack a lunch, probably not that likely. Whereas what was more likely happening is that everybody had food, but nobody wanted to tell anybody else they had food, then we'll try and steal their food. Well, finally, like the re for me, like the real miracle of the story is you have one boy that steps up and says, hey, guys, you can have some of mine. And as soon as they start sharing, turns out there's more than enough for everybody. And there, there's, there's extra. And so that's where if we operate from a place of abundance, like there's tons of great businesses, there's tons of great people. We're not short on, on plumbers. We're not short on plumbing companies. We're not short on HVAC guys or electricians. We're short on we're short on contribution and people actually sharing the thing that they have that's of value. And so yeah, there's a hundred other competitors out there and they're probably great fits for people. To me, the more options business owners have, that's only good for the space. Like it, for for a lot of people in their different life situations, it, I guarantee copper points not a great fit, but for a lot of people, it might be. And this idea that Oh, screw you. You're stepping into this space and it's already too crowded. We can't buy businesses already. Multiples are out of control, blah, 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 blah. To me, it's like, guys, what are we doing? Like we should be, we're all in this for the sake of the industry, the technicians themselves. Sounds I, like, I sounds like a scarcity uh, mindset. That's exactly <laughs> well, what it is. And, it's, yeah. And isn't it beautiful that Bobby's 
biblical reference is just a doubling down on his Bill and Ted's quote of being excellent and creating a party, right? Like being excellent to each other. It's the story of the boy who's being excellent to everyone. And the next thing they're having a party. It's perfect. I love it. Uh, I mean, first off, great. How, how I would have never thought I'd done a podcast where we connected a, a biblical verse to Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, but we just did it. <laughs> that is, there's something to be said for that in itself. I love it. Well, um, well I, I will say this before you go in there, before you go, just hang tight, Keith, because I know you're going to say something probably way more profound than yeah. I am. Um, uh, I love the your your um, abundance mindset. I'm very much the same way. Um, and I love that you, I don't care what anybody else says. I am so grateful to see this industry have so many options. Now I have relationships with a lot of, a lot of major, the, the major players in the private equity space and things like that. And they know my position too. For the contractor, I'm so thankful. There's so many different options that it's a different it, it's a different landscape today than it was three years ago, two years ago. It got yeah. really, really yeah. crowded. And, and thank goodness for the contractors today who get to experience all the opportunities to find the right fit. Yep. So you're going to find those that are the right fit. So go ahead, Keith. Sorry. Yeah. No, not at all, Chris. And I thanks for just even getting the chance to be on here. And Bobby, thank you for you know sharing space with me and and uh, and letting me be part of this. And you know, here's here's what I would tell you about like the the impact of lineage in this regard. Because you know, so so my very first Nextar training was the one of the three trainers there. It was it was Dave Bodak, Lewis Williams, and Bob Hamilton. Bobby's dad was leading the class. Um, and I've told this story for many, many years, but up until that point, I had operated from a, a scarcity mindset. And the premise was that to me, the only way to be like wildly successful in business and, and, you know, to be prosperous was to be also, um, you know, kind of ruthless. And I had only seen models of people who didn't care greatly for bettering humanity and taking care of people. It was all very competitive and, you know, competitiveness has its virtues, but in, in business, it's often, you know, part of the scarcity mindset. And the first time I met Bob Hamilton was the first time that I said, not only does it appear that you can be an amazing person and successful, but it actually appears that being an amazing person might make you more successful. And he gave me a new roadmap for life, for, for business. And this is it's a hundred percent true story. I mean, there's plenty of recordings to be talking about this a long, long time ago. And, and, you know, I've, I've shared it with people throughout my life. Bob Hamilton set me on a different path because of who he was and how he was. And so now, you know, listen to Bobby's story. And that's what you hear is somebody who focuses on being excellent to people. And as a result, continues to achieve extraordinary things and bring people around him who want to be a part of it. Like that's, that's the, to me, the story that should never be missed in the Hamiltons and, and you know, why they're such a special family. Party on Thank dudes. <laughs> Party that's on awesome. dudes. What a great way to, to wrap it all up. Well guys, listen, um, Thank you both. I'm glad we got to make this thing happen. I, I, uh, I hope this was a pleasant surprise. I'm sure it was for you, Bobby. Um, yeah, this is just a precursor to your guys's uh, upcoming uh, Brokeback Mountain trip, a uh, hunting trip that's coming up in about a week or so. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
your your guys's hunting trip that's coming up. But um, I'm glad to be able to do this with you guys too. And it's cool to know your story. I love learning. Like I said, I I, I love to be a student of just the industry as a whole. I've learned so much about so many people who I've heard of over the years, but don't really know all the things. So to me, it's cool. It's like a history lesson in each company. I love that yeah. stuff. I'm a big history buff. Um, so thank you for sharing the story. Thank you for playing along with us and, and the jokes and the banter and things like that. And, um, the, the sarcasm and the, and the, is part of the fun of the whole thing, right? Like being able to bust each other's chops is part of the fun when you kind of get to that, you know, like I love being able to do that. And I've kind of hit this phase of, of life where, um, I've been getting the opportunity to and like invest in different businesses and things. And, and the thing I, I said to myself was to be super intentional on what I do with my, with my time and, and focus. And, and I decided I'm not, I'm only going to do things with people I want to do. Like I actually enjoy doing it with, like, I don't want to go down. I don't want to, if I'm going to invest money into something in any focus whatsoever, it's going to be with somebody who I actually could go and, and have an old fashioned with. I, that's who I want to go and do this type of stuff with. So just being intentional on who I do it with, but you're hitting this phase, man. Like you've got this big opportunity in front of you to do a lot of really amazing things for yourself, for your family, for their families, you know, um, career pathing, personal, all this stuff like you have right there that you're getting ready to tap into. And I'm excited to watch it all play out. So no doubt it's going to be successful. So thank you for coming on and giving me your time, Bobby. Awesome. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. Thank Keith. Thanks for, thanks for crashing. It was always more than welcome. Sorry that we didn't get to expose more of your weaknesses and vulnerabilities. Um, <laughs> there's plenty. Well, let me ask you, I, I want to close with a, a question for you to see if you, how you answer this, but Bobby, how do you think, let me see, how do you think you did on the podcast today? Oh, I'm, I'm sure you'll tell me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a better answer than the one i was like i wanted to leave you with my favorite oh, all-time bobby oh, answer i'm sure that i left plenty of room for improvement that was it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every time he came back from a training how did it go i left plenty of room for improvement <laughs> i think that's a great motto to live by <laughs> listeners there you go just keep in mind there's always there's always room for improvement you can always leave plenty of room for improvement yep. Guys, I appreciate you so much. Thanks for coming on. Keith, I appreciate you hopping back on, man. You gave me a big chunk of the yep. day today, and, I, and I'm grateful for it. So, listeners, hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, Bobby, if you want if they can, you want them to reach out to you through the website, through LinkedIn, whatever it is, you just want to share the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners? Yeah, so um, all of those are, are great. Um, my cell phone number is probably the best way to shoot me a text. Um, honestly, that's cool. I don't know. Well then, do. well then if you're going to share it, share right. it. <laughs> yeah. It's uh 913-208-6825. There you go. All right. Reach out. Don't, I mean, make sure you, awesome. Bobby said he really likes to get those text yep. messages though, be, between one and yeah. 3 AM, I think is what you'd said is you prefer that time frame. It doesn't bother me actually. It's <laughs> uh, probably, yeah. Uh, but the website though is it's copper point co copper point is actually like a big insurance company copper point co which is a whole another meaning we can get into another time but copperpointco.com is the website if you want to check that out um you can fill out the little hey let's talk cool perfect if you want. awesome man well i hope you awesome. get some people reaching out to you the listeners probably will and um and like i you know, always say to the listeners too and i try to end the podcast with this thing you know we, we always cover so many different things and topics and especially when you have keith pulled into something because he'll make your head spin on different stuff and yep. certainly loves to challenge me and i certainly know that i've left room for improvement after i've talked to keith so thank you for all these humbling moments you give me keith mccurrier you're so fantastic at that 
But <laughs> Bobby, congratulations on your story, man. And like the perseverance of the story, find your passion, kind of going on doing your own thing. I'm excited to watch your journey. Um, and, and, uh, I'm just cheering for you, dude. So I'm glad we got to connect through this whole experience. The fact that I had a podcast with you and Keith on the same day, neither one of you knew, and you guys are this tight of buddies and we're able to make this thing happen was meant to be, it yeah. was meant to be. So the universe, man, connects everything. I love you know? it. So listeners, remember you got to do everything, but you got to do something. No zero days. Listeners, thank you so much again for listening to this podcast week after week. We are extremely grateful. Again, the whole purpose of this podcast is to give back to the home services industry that we love so much, whether you're a rhino or not. We really, really appreciate all the subscribers. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please go in and subscribe and you'll get all the episodes sent to you automatically weekly. Also, we have really enjoyed your feedback. Uh, it's so meaningful for us when we get to read the nice comments that you guys put. So keep doing that. And if you don't know how to do it, Here's what you got to do. You search for To The Point Home Services on Apple Podcasts. You click on our profile, scroll all the way down to the bottom and hit write a review and be honest and share your story and how the podcast has impacted you and your business. Thanks again from the bottom of our hearts at To The Point Home Services Podcast. We appreciate you.